0: Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. Well, hmm, I got up this morning in a devil casting out mood. I got up this morning in a, in a hell shaken up mood. I got up this morning saying, I don't care what you think about me. I don't care. I'm telling you, I'm 52 years old, and the older I get, the more I become realizing. I, I, ain't got, I don't know how long I got left, but I'm telling you right now, I, not only am I not finished, Hutch, I'm just now getting started. I'm just now getting started. I'm telling you, we are just now getting started. Oh, the... The days of the church are not over. The days of the church are about to begin in our generation. You're gonna have to decide who you are. You're gonna have to decide who you're gonna listen to. You're gonna have to decide what you believe. I can't run your life, I don't wanna run your life. But if I'm your pastor, I'm going to tell you what, is on, what Holy Spirit has put on my heart to say. Mm. Well, I feel Jesus. I thank God. I'm like David. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Woo! Camera operator, you're going you to earn your money today i got a feeling I've been moving a lot today. Huh? Mm. Jesus. Jesus. Boy, it's one of them days I'm going to get in trouble. I can feel it. I'm going to get in trouble. Oh, yeah, because you know what? You know what I'm about to do. Your job to remind me. I ain't doing no video now, so I'm taking no offering right now. I'm preaching. I'm preaching. I'm, I'm, I'm not letting this anointing leave me. I've been doing this too long to know what I feel right now. I'm not letting this thing move leave me. I ain't giving no room for the devil to take this anointing. I'm preaching the gospel right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh! Oh! Oh hey oh. Mm. So you'll still have time to give you still have time to see the announcements you you don't let me get in trouble now it's your job not to let me forget all right mm. Oh God somebody say preach preach a man I want you to know that I got up this week. You know, I'm going in two parts of that series, Reconnect. And I was was getting my my message ready. And the Lord said, you're done. When I tell you you to close another book and open up another chapter, you do what I tell you to do. So I closed the book. I said, well, what are we going to preach this weekend? He said, it's time for you to tell your church. It's time for you to tell the people watching online that you need to define what the new normal is. So I'm gonna define it for you today. I'm gonna tell you the truth of what to a child of God the new normal is. Huh, whatever lights we need to do, give me some preaching light, give me whatever you need to do to make sure folks, are, oh, if this is it, this is it. But I'm gonna tell you something right now, I ain't gonna read the confession, just, just shout this with me, I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Preach, preacher man. That's up to y'all. If y'all wanna hang, you can, you ain't got to. But if y'all wanna just stay up there, I, I, I'll preach with y'all day. But I ain't gonna be hurt if you wanna come down. Huh. Well, in fact, if you stay up there, I might have to preach like this. I, I might have to sound like I'm dying. I'm tired of the world and the so-called experts. I'm tired of politicians. And if I could just say this, I'm tired of even preachers trying to tell me that we just need to accept a new normal. That things ain't never gonna be the same. I'm tired of people telling me I ain't gonna be able to shake hands ever again. I'm not talking about if you don't want to shake hands now, but I'm telling you, there are preachers that are standing up in their pulpits and telling their congregation because of other future viruses coming, we are doing away with shaking hands in our church. Let me tell you something. I don't know when when you'll feel comfortable with it. And let me just go ahead and say it now. If I'm going to get in trouble, I might as well go ahead and get all up in trouble. If you want to shake my hand, I'll shake your hand right now. If you don't want me to, I won't. I'll give you an elbow. I'll bump your feet. I'll, do, I'll shoot your gun. I mean, whatever. I'm telling you. But if you want to shake my hand, you stick your hand out. I'm going to shake it. You want a hug? I'll do a little side hug on you. Isaiah 43, 18 says this. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. Somebody shout new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Shall you not know it? In other words, in the middle of what you feel like is falling apart, I'm doing something new. But the problem is there'll be a generation that will not know it. Are y'all hearing me? Because you will buy in to the world's definition of the new normal. I'm telling you right now, I know there's a new normal. I declare there's a new normal. I say unto God, let there be a new normal because I don't wanna go back to the way it used to be. I don't wanna go back to laziness, complacency, weak, anemic church. I want the new normal to be an Acts chapter two church. I want the new normal to be a church that the Bible tells us, go back to that scripture, verse 19. It says, I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You may feel like we're in a desert, but what you don't realize, if you just let God open your eyes, you'd see in the middle of that desert where you thought everything was falling apart, there is a river. (laughs) Woo! My God, there is a river flowing. When you're, when you're lost in the wilderness and you're thinking, how in the world am I ever going to get out? You shake your head when you look at the news. Shake your head when you're reading the news. And you say, my God, how long is this going to take to come out of this? When are we ever going to get out of this? It looks hopeless. If you'll understand that this is what God is trying to say. In the middle of wandering in the wilderness, some of y'all are stepping right over the road that God's already made, and you can't even see it. Shall you not know it? I'll do a new thing. But shall you not know it? meaning there'll be people while God is doing a new thing, God is doing a fresh thing, God is bringing the church back to be in the church, he's making roads in the wildernesses, he's making rivers in the desert, and we don't even know it. Hey, I'm telling you why. We gonna know it in this church. So yeah, there is a new norm. But it ain't what they're trying to tell you. You ain't gonna box me in isolation away from God's people. You ain't gonna tell me I can't worship God. You ain't gonna tell me that I... Listen, y'all, y'all don't want me to say what's going through my head right now. Y'all don't want me to. Because they might come in here and arrest me. Will anybody bail me out? It's solid rock. Will y'all, will y'all bail me out? Huh? I don't know if y'all can handle it. I guess y'all can handle it because y'all, y'all are at church. Y'all did brave the danger of coming to church. Even though there ain't no danger when you go to Lowe's. Don't feel no danger when you're at Walmart. But some for some for some reason it was it was dangerous for you to come here. This is what they said this week. This is where this is where I'm gonna really get in trouble. This is what they said this week. We got Labor Day coming, and we're worried about it. This is what they said, Fifi. They said, Brother Fred, if you, now this is a silly question. Are you going to make any barbecue on Labor Day? Oh, yeah. See, that's a silly question. See, y'all don't, y'all don't even know. There ain't a restaurant out there that can touch Brother Fred's ribs. Come on, somebody. And his special barbecue sauce, y'all. I'm talking about if you ain't, if you ain't ever spoken tongues before, you eat them ribs, you'll speak in tongues. You'll speak in tongues. This is what they said this week, Fred. If you're doing a barbecue at your house, I saw this on the mainstream media from the CDC. You do a barbecue at your house and you invite people over at your house to eat your barbecue. You need to make sure that everybody in your house that's come to your house to eat barbecue in your house is wearing a mask. In your house. They said, don't, what we're worried about is people having family get togethers. Without wearing a mask. Hello. I was watching my. Why y'all get so quiet on me? Because y'all scared for me, ain't you? You scared for me? You're like, oh Lord, bless him, Jesus. He 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 about to go too far. My pastor about to get in trouble. He about to get canceled online. I might. I might. It might be a good thing to get canceled online. Amen. It might be a good thing for all of us just to get off of online. I was watching my bishop this morning, Bishop Clint. He is preaching on isolation. You know, we preached on that not long ago. He's, he's given new revelation, powerful. He said, you know what? He said, here's where we got to get. He said, because he's in Orlando. He said, me and my wife, and a bunch of our friends just went to Universal Studios this week to ride rides. He said, everywhere you turn, signs about six feet, stay apart, stay apart, stay apart. He said, but I noticed something when we were in line and we, our group made our way up to the front with all these signs saying stay apart, stay apart, stay apart. He said, I noticed something very interesting. Right when we got up there, the one with the, uh, the little microphone, the speaker that was making room for them to get on the ride, looked at us in our group and said, hey, are y'all all together? Mm. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Because if y'all are all together, y'all good, y'all ain't got to spread, spread apart. Y'all come on. He said, it hit me when I realized they were asking me if me and all my group was family. And before I ever even had a chance to even think about it, I responded, we are family. So, oh, y'all ain't getting me, y'all ain't getting where I'm going. Y'all ain't where I'm going. Listen, hey, I got a question. Before y'all come on up to the altar and do all your things, I got a question. Are all y'all together? Huh, are all y'all together? Are all y'all part of the same family? Woo! I know you don't like it. Every week, I hate doing this, but I gotta do it. Every week, I gotta say, I ain't telling you not to be safe. I ain't telling you not to do anything that makes you feel uncomfortable. I'm just trying to keep your mind focused when we come out of this, that we don't come out into buying into their new normal. Because let me tell you something. You've heard it all your life and you need to hear it right now. The battlefield of the devil is in the mind. What you finally accept here is what you will walk in out there. Hallelujah. I got to thinking about this. We need to quit praying for things to get back to normal. Because if you're praying for things to get back to normal, you are praying against God. God does not want things to go back to normal. Well, I'm just going to read it so I won't get in trouble because these are, these are Holy Ghost words. i just type what he said. He doesn't want things the way they were. Why? Because we as a church had become lazy, we had become sloppy, and we had lost our focus. We had lost our vision. Isn't it amazing that God chose the year 2020 to refocus the vision of the church? Oh, y'all didn't hear me. Preachers all around the world, including myself, preached on perfect vision 2020. Perfect vision 2020. Well, let me tell you something about perfect vision. When you finally get your eyes right and they finally operate the way they're supposed to operate, you will begin to see things that you didn't used to see. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. At a distance and clearer than you've ever seen before. See, there will always be two responses to anything that is labeled a new normal. I'm going to tell you something about Jesus. When Jesus came on the scene, in your Bible, in the Gospels, when he at age 30 Uh, went down to the River Jordan and was baptized by his cousin John the Baptist, he come up out of that water and the Spirit of the Lord lit upon him like a dove and the Father from heaven said, this is my beloved Son and whom I'm well pleased. I'm gonna tell you something, when he come up out of that water and he walked up out of that river and he went immediately into the the wilderness, into the mountains and he fought the devil face to face for 40 days and 40 nights and he didn't eat a bite of food, supernatural, the Holy Spirit kept him alive Body form, but what the Bible said when he came down off of that mountain from fighting the devil face to face. Watch this. He didn't come down in weakness, read your Bible. He didn't come down in timidness. Read your Bible. He didn't come down in second guessing why he was there. Read your Bible. The Bible said he came down in power. Oh, oh it said he came down in power. Preaching, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He didn't stop uh, to get him a a Diet Coke. He didn't stop to go through a drive-thru somewhere. He was on a mission. After he had fought the devil face to face, he went straight to the temple. He went straight to the religious people. He walked right into the temple. He walked right up into the place where the scrolls were. The priests were sitting up there getting ready for somebody to read the daily scripture. He gets up there and he finds the scroll of Isaiah. He rolls the scroll of Isaiah out and goes to the messianic prophecy that prophesied of the Messiah. And The Bible says, and when he found the place where it was written, he said in Luke chapter four, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to open blinded eyes, come on somebody to set the captive free. He closed the scroll and then he sat down in Elijah's chair and all people were amazed. Why, what authority does he have a right to speak these things? What they didn't understand was that Jesus came on the scene to shake up the normal. He came on a scene to bring a new normal, God's new normal, the way it was supposed to always be. Next time I'll give y'all a warning so you can get a chair. Can I get some some people up here to get them a chair or a stool, whatever they need? Hallelujah. Are y'all all 'all, right? Okay, all right, okay. You hear till the cows come home. When do the cows come home? I've always wondered that. Praise God. Jesus came on the scene. He brought a new normal. There's two types of people. In this world, anytime a new normal is being formed, number one, those who refuse to change and accept it. Mm-hmm. So, y'all think y'all know where I'm going, but you don't. Because remember, I'm not talking about the world's new normal, I'm talking about God's kingdom new normal. The religious crowd rejected the new normal of Jesus, they wanted the status quo to remain. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. Let me give you an example of how he would parallel the old normal with the new normal. He said, it's just one example. He said it many times. He says, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, whoever murders will be in the danger of judgment. But I say unto you, with his shall be in danger of the judgment. You've heard it said, Correctly, that you should not murder or you'll be in danger of judgment. But I'm bringing a new normal and I'm taking that to another level. Y'all hear me? Remember what he said. Jesus said, I came not to destroy the law, but rather to fulfill the law. I came to take the law to a new level. I came to a new level of understanding of what it really meant all along. You've heard it been said, it's good that it was said but I say unto you. And that's what they didn't like. They didn't like the fact that he quoted what they said. They were used to people just quoting what they said and then stopping. Oh, y'all ain't getting this. And accepting what they said. But Jesus brought a new normal. He said, I know that's what you've always said, and I'm not even saying to you shouldn't have said it. But what you need to get Is you have heard that before but now you need to know what I am saying. Have you even asked God what he's saying right now? You've been praying for him to change the situation. You've been praying for him to end the pandemic. You've been praying for him to end uh, the, the, the riots and all the things that are going on in our country but have you taken a moment to stop in the midst of it and just say, God, what are you saying to us? Everything we see on the media has been said before. Nobody's saying anything new. So he's saying to the world, you've heard it said correctly. Everything is being said correctly, rooted in some kind of correctness But I say unto you that in the midst of this, there is something that is trying to happen that shall you not see it? I'm doing a new thing. You cannot see the road in the wilderness, you cannot see the river in the desert because you are being distracted. Oh, somebody say he's preaching, he's preaching good. There's those who refuse to change when God is doing a new normal. The second, and this is a group that you need to be a part of when it comes to God's new normal, is those who refuse to be someone who will not change. Oh, you didn't get that. I'm telling, oh, this is the way it worked for my granddaddy, this is the way it worked for my daddy, this is the way it's always worked. I'm not saying change the gospel. I'm not saying change the message. You ain't nobody's ever got the right to change the message, huh? But I'm talking about be open to rivers in the desert, be open to roads in the wilderness. Shall you not see it? Listen to this. This is the heart of someone who who has an open heart to you know. I've always said this. You know, you you heard that saying. I'm not trying to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You ever heard that? which I, I, I wanna know the origin of that. I, I, I wanna know who was the first one to come up with it. You know, tell me. It's a long story, a long story. tell me later. Okay, so, okay, I wanna, I'm, anxious, I'm really, I'm anxious to hear that. Don't throw the baby out of the bathtub. Does that mean that some one time, somebody forgot the baby was in there and they were remodeling their house and they threw the baby out and everybody's looking for Kevin. Somebody goes, Kevin! And somebody said, he's in the bathtub! I was like, in the bathtub, I just threw the bathtub out. Oh, my goodness, I just threw the baby out with the bathwater. No, probably not. But I say it this way. Not not only are we willing to throw the baby out with the bathwater, we will pick the bathtub up, throw it out. We will rip the plumbing out. Praise God! We will tear out the sheetrock. Praise God! We will level it. We will bust up the foundation. We will dig a new footer. We will pour a new footer. We'll put new block foundation. We'll put new floor joists. We'll build new walls. We'll put in new plumbing. We'll go buy one of them big fancy. Amazon shower rainforest shower tubs and put in there. We'll go get us a new baby and put that new baby in the Amazon fires. Oh, y'all are hearing me. I'm telling you, there is no sacred cows. God, if it ain't you, kick it over. If it ain't you, burn it. Are oh, y'all hearing me? If it ain't you, tear it down. Psalm 139, 23 says this, search me, oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. How many of those, there's a lot of folks that got a lot of anxiety right now. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. In other words, in my stress, in my collapse, in when everything is crumbling, Lord, search me. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. I'm low. I'm an open book before you, God. If there's anything in me that's causing this, bring it to the surface. He told the church. My God, in the book of Revelation, I counsel thee to buy me gold, tried in the fire. Woo! You put gold nuggets in the fire and you heat it up and the pure gold rises to the top. But you can't ever get pure gold without fire. Some of y'all told the Lord you wanna be pure, but you ain't willing to be thrown in the fire. This nation is thrown in the fire. Quite literally, naturally, as well as spiritually. If we'll respond correctly, when, not if, when we come out of this season, we will see gold tried in the fire. You're gonna see a church like you ain't seen in a lifetime. You're gonna see a remnant raise up. You're gonna see people from every race worshiping God together without even thinking about it. I got news for you. Here's here's the new normal for me as your pastor. I'm tired of even telling people, although I'm very proud of this and proud of what God is doing. I'm tired of telling people, they ask me what kind of church you got. Anybody from another race come to your church? I'll say, well, we're a multi-ethnic or we're a multi-racial church. I'll be honest, I'm tired of saying that. Because when I say I'm, we're a multiracial church. I'm still trying to divide people, even in the, with an unintended. Are y'all hearing? Me? How about we just say, "Hey, man, people from every walk of life worship with us. Come and see for yourself." I had somebody tell me after church last week. Y'all know I've told y'all that I ain't white. Y'all know that, right? I have said that so many times. People laugh at me. I'm not ashamed to say it. My favorite preachers in the world have always been black brother preachers, praise God. And every time, you heard the man last week get up here and say, when he discovered me online, he called his daddy and said, man, you got to hear this black preacher from Alabama. Until he found me on YouTube, he said the first words that shot me, he's like, oh my Lord, he's not black. Well, I had a lady in the back of the a first-time visitor. That's uh, one of the greatest compliments I ever had. First-time visitor last Sunday. I don't know if you're here or not, sister, but but stand in the back door. Come on, is that you? So, that's you. I mean, stand at the back door. She said, i will tell you right now what I told my son. You are the crunkest pastor I have, crunkest white boy pastor I've ever seen. I said, I'm crunk. She said, you crunk on another level. I said, I receive it. I'm I went home Sunday. I told my wife, I said, baby, I'm crook. Y'all still alive? Can we have fun when we come to church? My God, Lord knows we need we need to laugh a little bit right now. Lord knows we need to feel just relaxed a little bit. I'm thankful for a place where I can just come and just be relaxed. I can just get around my brothers and sisters and not have to filter everything. Psalm 51, 10 says this. Created me a clean heart, oh God. Say it out loud with me. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. That's a heart of somebody that's open to God. Created me a clean heart, oh God. Clean my heart up, God. Renew my spirit, God. Who wrote this? David. When did he write this? When he was king. When did he say these words? When he was sitting on a throne and the prophet Nathan came in after he, David, had committed murder and murdered the husband of a woman that was not his wife that he had had an affair with and that was going to eventually have a child with and he had arranged for his death. He had so far left God. The man after God's own heart had become so full of himself and the, Nathan the prophet said, I want to tell you a story about a man that had every lamb that he could ever imagine. He had all the lamb except one lamb. And there was another man in the village. All he had was one lamb. He didn't have nothing but that one lamb. He loved that lamb. He took care of that lamb. It's all he had. But the man that had every lamb wasn't satisfied not having the one lamb. So he went and he took the one lamb away from the man so that he could have all the lambs. What do you think about that, David? David, the Bible says, stood up, slammed his scepter into the floor and said, Who is this man? Because whoever this man is is worthy to be put to death today. And Nathan said something powerful. We need to understand this in this day. He looked at David, probably with a little even though he was the prophet, he understood I could probably die right now. But uh, 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 obeying God going against the status quo, he looked at the king of all of God's people and he said, when David said who is this man? Nathan said, behold, you are the man. You are the man. This generation would say, boy, don't you know who I am? How dare you? You ain't got no right to talk to me this way. Off with your head. But sometimes you need to be called out. Sometimes you need somebody to tell you the truth. Sometimes you need a preacher to preach on sin. Sometimes you need to be reminded there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shine. The Bible said he got up, he fell on his face before the prophet, he ripped the out, outward garments of himself, grabbed the bowl of ashes, threw it upon his head, which is a sign of mourning, and he cried out at that moment and later recorded it in, with pen. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Now you got the rest of the story. When you hear people quote that, now you remember this was the words of a man who had just been exposed that made a decision to accept change. I don't care if you're sitting on the throne, King of Israel, or if you're sitting in the White House. I don't care what your title is. I don't care how much money you got. You're gonna stand before God Can I be real with you? If I've already made a lot of you mad, I might as well make the rest of you mad. Some of y'all have made the current president, before y'all shout, and the former president, why did he get so quiet? Into God's. And here's, what, here's how I know that you made them into gods. The ones that made Barack Obama into God believes that Trump is the devil. The one that makes Trump into God believes that Barack Obama was the devil. How about this? How about quit trying to make a president, God or the devil, because they ain't neither one. They, You cut them, they bleed just like you. One day, they're gonna die just like you. I don't care where they're buried. I don't care what cemetery. I don't care how big a pomp circumstance it is. Down here, that ain't what's gonna happen up there or down there. Jesus, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. Quit it, quit it. You won't even listen to a pastor preach the word of God, but you'll listen to a politician preach hatred. You'll listen to a politician preach something that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt is a completely against the word of God. I'll tell you right now. I'm I'm telling you, if y'all just knew what was going through my head. I'm sick of God's people cowering down. You know what else I'm sick of? I'm sick of, I'm sick of of people perceiving what I'm saying right now the wrong way. Because we're so eat up in this country, you are sitting there right now filtering my words through a political funnel. When nothing that I have said is political whatsoever. I am just trying to preach the gospel as your pastor. That's all I'm doing. I'm not endorsing anybody. I'm not coming against anybody. I'm just preaching that Jesus is the only answer. This world is never gonna be fixed without Jesus. Proverbs 3, 5 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, America. In all your ways, America, acknowledge Him and He shall direct your path. We're not going down the right path because we're not acknowledging Him. So I said, God, what is your new normal? What is the new normal, God? I heard the Holy Spirit say this. The new normal is the new old. I'm like, what? The new old? He said, it's going to be new to everybody. But the new normal that's going to be new and fresh and a new thing is really me bringing people back to the way I had it in the book of Acts. (laughs) Man, I'm telling you right now, I'm about to to get in serious trouble. I'm going to say it. Just like everything else politically, when you hear... Make America great again? You either shout "Yeah!" or you go, "I don't. I hate that. It was never great. Or what do you mean by that? That it was? How about this? How about uh, how about us not being so passionate about making America great again? How about us make the church great again? Come on. How, how about how about how about we just quit worrying about that? And if the church starts being who they're supposed to be, then America will take care of itself. Let's see. What What is those letters? Make the church great again. I need to get a hat that says make the church great again. Because the church has always been great. You know what I mean. I'm not, I'm not saying we can't make the church great. I just mean this. It's time for us to get back to what the church was supposed to be. That's where we get messed up. Some of y'all, y'all, some of y'all sitting there thinking, I don't know if I'm going to be back next Sunday. I love him and everything, but he's just he's just getting a little too crazy and wild. Nope. Nope, nope, shall, shall you not see it? All I'm doing is telling truth. You know that. You know that. That's all I'm doing is telling truth. So if we're going to go back to the old, i got to hurry, because i still got announcements and offering to do. All of y'all are in charge of reminding me of that, okay? If the new old, the, the new normal is the new old, then I start saying, what are you, what are you talking about, God? He, he just said, jot down a few quick things, and you might want to write these down and take notes. I'm just going to go through them fast. We used to believe God first. These are going to be simple things, but they're, they're, simple. they're so simple they've confounded the wise. We, we've, we've labeled them so simple that we like. oh, we need a deep word, Pastor. I, I need you to break down the Hebrew and the Greek. I need you to get deep so that I can feel like, my God, I mean, I don't have a clue what he said today, but I'm sure it was really good some of y'all get that later some of y'all love to hear preachers preach about stuff that you have no clue that they're saying so you can go tell people what a great sermon that was how about this how about let's get deep and make sure you understand it while we preach it I'm done with deep preaching just to be deep we need our people to understand what the word of God says we used to believe God first but now no matter what happens watch this First response to a natural disaster, tornado, hurricane, is how will the government respond? We talk about the poor, and we want to know, we want to ask the politicians, how will the government feed the poor? Oh, this is good. We talk about the homeless, We talk about the orphan. We talk about all these things and then our first response is, what is your policy, politician that's running for office, that you're gonna do to fix this? Huh? The church used to be the one that took care of the hungry. The church used to be. When a disaster came, And we still do it, but not on the level that we used to. When a hurricane came, used to be the first thought was, what is the church going to do to respond? We used to believe God first. But now we believe the so-called experts first. You said it was the truth, right? So I'm gonna preach it cuz Fifi said it was the truth. What 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 was that title you got? I can't remember what your title is for me. What's your title? Oh, I'm your, uh, cultural advisor. She is my cultural advisor. Listen. You have to you have to be so thankful to her because she is the one that stopped me from wearing skinny jeans. And I I, I called her up one day, I said, would I be cool, Fifi, if I got me some jeans that's got cuts all in, you can see my knees. She said, pastor, I'm I'm, I'm begging you, I'm telling you, do not let us see your knees. So y'all give it up for my culture advisor. She's keeping me relevant and cool, y'all. What was it you came up to? She came up to me a couple weeks ago after church. I said, don't say turn up. <laughs> I said, we turn up in here, y'all. We turn up. She came up to me after church. She said, Pastor, I need to talk to you. I said, what is it? She goes, we don't say turn up anymore. <laughs> I, said, I, I said, I can't say we turn up. And she goes, no, 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 no. no. Don't say that no Isaiah fifty three one says, "Who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed?" I want to ask you a question: Whose report are you going to believe? I'll believe the report of the Lord. Psalm forty six one says, "God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried away in the midst of the sea." We ain't got no fear. Somebody say the new normal is to believe God again first. Second point, I gotta hurry. We used to go to church. Now I know I'm preaching to the choir here because you're in church. Man, what a good clap and amen I got on that one. 25%. 25% of the people, listen to this, who were somewhat actively involved in a weekly basis in their local church in February, by June and July, polled by Barna, had already made a decision they were never going to church again because they figured out they don't need it anymore. Because they can scroll and visit about ten churches and feel good about themselves in about thirty minutes while they're eating their Wheaties. Does anybody still eat Wheaties? I mean, I need so much new material. I'm serious. I want to know. Does anybody here still eat Wheaties? I don't even think they make them. We got one that eats Wheaties. We have one person in our church that eats Wheaties. But we used to believe in the local church. In fact, used to the local church was the center of the community. Huh? Used to be the church was even what people gave directions by. Well, you, you know what the church is down there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go down to the church and take a left. People knew where the church was. Nowadays, ch- cities are full of churches. But people in the community, for the most part, don't even know anything about them. Hmm? We used to treat the house of God like it was one of the most important places in the world. We used to consider the gathering of the saints to be of utmost importance. The gathering of the believers should be priority over a football game. You can't go to church, but you can drive for two or three hours, stand in line, pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars for tickets. Oh, y'all ain't hear me. Yeah. Buy the most expensive hot dogs in the, on the planet. <laughs> Press your way in. Sit with 75,000 to 100,000 other churchgoers. Oh, y'all didn't hear what I just said. In a sanctuary called Bryant Denny Stadium, or Jordan Hare, or Legion Field, mm-hmm. but you can't drive fifteen minutes. You know what? I I'd, I'd, I'd try Solid Rock Church if it's a little closer. A church alive is worth the drive. Well, yeah. We got folks in this church that when they leave, they got like over an hour drive to get home. What time you get here, Shane? On Sundays, what time you get here? About 8.35. 8.35 on a Sunday morning. He lives in Jasper. Y'all hear me? That's what about an hour drive? I'm not saying the way you drive. I'm talking about for normal people. Sixty miles one way. So they're going all over Walker County. They saw it. the famous song on fire, telling everybody about what God is doing in Solid Rock, and they're like, "Man, I can see a change in y'all. Man, I want to go to your church. Where's it at?" They told me this a while ago. The other day, they said, "We tell them, well, it's in Penson, Pinson? Penson, Pinson? the one up next to Birmingham. Y'all drive all the way to church. I'd love to go, but that's too far for me." Well, what if God had something for you in this house? would a forty-five minute to an hour drive be worth? It can we not prioritize the gathering? David said this in Psalm 122. I quote it all the time, but just I'm giving you this scripture so you know where it's at. Psalm 122 1 says, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go unto the house of the Lord. Oh, I'm almost through. What's this? I don't, mean to, I don't mean to bring a sad part into this fun that we're having now, but one of the most powerful stories. In scripture, it's as a result of what I just told you about what David did with another man's wife, had an affair with Bathsheba. She became pregnant with child. Well, when that child was born, it was, it was looking like it wasn't going to make it, it's in very bad condition. So they came to David to tell David, Your child's probably not going to make it. He's praying, he's fasting, he's seeking God on behalf of his child. Then his child doesn't make it. You know what the Bible says he does? He goes and washes his face. Do you know where he goes after that? To the house of God. You know what he does? He begins to praise God. You know what happens? When he begins to praise God, they come to him and they say, How in the world could you praise God in a time like this? And he says, I can't go to where he is at. I mean I can't bring him to where I'm at but I can go to where he is at. So I'm going to praise God in the sanctuary. Let me tell you something when, you, when you're going through suffering, when you're going through loss, there is no place like being around the brothers and sisters I don't know how people go through loss without their brothers and sisters I don't know how people suffer loss without their brothers and sisters. I'm telling you when you lose somebody that you love and you have a family that can wrap their arms around you and speak faith into you sometimes that's the only way you make it how does the world make it without a church That's why he said I was glad when they said unto me, "There's something in the house of God." Have you ever gone through hell? Have you ever gone through your marriage was in trouble? You you was on the verge of divorce. In fact, one of y'all had already said, "You're gonna, I'm, I'm done with you. I don't love you anymore." I blah 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 blah. But somehow y'all both made it to the house of God, and the Spirit of the Lord began to move all over that place, and you begin to be broken down. And all of a sudden, like David, created me a clean heart, oh God. And you fell on your face before God and. God saved your marriage, I want to ask a question, how many of you listen, this is a praise report, how many of you, before you came to this church your marriage was in trouble but God used this church and the people of God to save your marriage stand up on your feet right now, stand up on your feet, say, "By God, there's one there's another right there, give God the praise, give God the praise give God the praise hallelujah hallelujah How many in here, boy, I tell you what, this ain't where I plan on going. But how many in here, at one point, you were considering that your life was no more worthy living? suicidal thoughts came in your life and you were even planning on taking your own life but thank God you can rejoice now because you were in the presence of God with the brothers and sisters of God and God began to move upon you and you rebuked that spirit of suicide and you crushed it because you were in the presence of believers or maybe another brother or sister prayed for you and helped you through. If you ever overcame a spirit of suicide thought you sit in this church whether it's this building or another building and you are thinking about those thoughts but those thoughts are gone because of being in the presence of God. Stand to your feet so we can rejoice. Praise God. Hallelujah. Look at these people. Look at these people. Look at all these people. Look at all these people. The devil thought he was going to kill you. But I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. So you don't know. I guarantee you, some of y'all saw some people standing, you never dreamed. You never dreamed that they would have ever been thinking about taking their own life. Because I got news for you. You never know what somebody's going through, period. But you certainly don't even know what somebody's going through sitting right next to you right now. That's why we got to be in one mind and one accord. Dude, let 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 me give you a real world example of how you don't know what's going on. If y'all didn't know it, last night I'm going to say his name right. Chadwick Bozeman, right? Did I say it right? I'm telling you right now, one of the best superhero movies ever made is Black Panther. He's Black Panther, y'all. Wakanda forever. Watch this. He passed away this week. When I first saw it, I thought it was one of them things that you always see. So it's so sad somebody died. You know, it's fake. I thought that was fake news. But it was real. He's 42, 43 years old. Watch this. Been battling serious colon cancer for four years. While he's battling this colon cancer, he, he is Black Panther. All the things that he did, he was he, people that work with him on some of the recent films, that he's made said he would do some of his stuff and then have to miss a few days because of treatment. But you'd never know it. The whole world is shocked. People that even knew him had no idea that he was battling on that level. When I saw that, I thought, this caught everybody by surprise. No one knew other than his intimate family that for four years this man was battling cancer. But you know what I thank God for? For those that was in his family that posted they said he loved Jesus with all his heart He, they said he loved his church he went to a Holy Ghost church in Los Angeles come on somebody so here's what I say my God Black Panther is dancing all over heaven right now because he loved Jesus to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord hallelujah Lord, I can feel them devils fighting me now. 11.38 if you're taking medicine. Make sure you take that pill. We don't want you not taking your pill. Thank you, James Michael. <laughs> we used to teach respect and honor. We used to teach respect And honor. Mm. See, the world's new normal is to only respect the authority of Caesar, which we should. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 13 that we're supposed to respect and obey the laws of the land. It says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. So, it, look, if you speed and you get pulled over and you get a ticket, you brought judgment on yourself. Don't get mad that you got a ticket. You, you ought to get mad at yourself for speeding. Huh? You you you. Can I just make common sense to you? You break in somebody's house, and I, the reason I'm laughing is I, I, I almost said steal somebody's VCR. Because I, I literally almost said steal somebody's VCR. Another example. I need new material. But and you get in trouble, get arrested because you stole somebody's ray. Y'all even have Blu-ray anymore? stole somebody's Apple TV or the Amazon Fire Stick. I want to say this. Why would you do that when things are like 29 bucks? But don't get mad that you broke the law and judgment came upon you. So respect the law of the land. But it blows my mind the amount of people and preachers who are so passive about honoring God and respecting his authority. When they tried to trick Jesus with that coin, remember? Should we pay taxes? He said, give me that coin. He looked at that coin and said, whose face is on that coin? They said Caesar's. That's in Matthew chapter 22. He said, well, I'll tell you what. Take that coin and go give Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Don't God, give God what belongs to God. Amen. Huh? Listen, you pay your taxes, but you give your praise to Jesus. Hallelujah. We honor politicians, but we don't honor the men and women of God that God has covered us with. You, well, some of y'all didn't hear that. See Hebrews chapter thirteen, verse seventeen says, "Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls, as though as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you." 1 mm-hmm. Timothy five seventeen says, "Let the elders who rule." well be counted worthy of double honor especially those who labor in the word and doctrine for the scripture says you shall not muzzle the ox that treads out the corn and the laborer is worthy of his wages do not receive an accusation against an elder except from two or three witnesses those who are sinning rebuke in the presence of all that the rest may also fear in other words watch yourself don't let people talk about the leaders that are in your church trying to cover you if you don't agree with your pastor or a leader in the house, do the right thing and go to them. Don't be scared to come and ask me anything. Don't be scared to even question what I say. I don't want people to follow me like a mind-numb robot. I don't preach anything that's, that's not in the Bible. My door is open to you. We can sit down and talk about anything. But don't get involved in gossip. Huh? Respect authority. Teach your kids to respect authority. Nowadays, people, y'all want to stay young the rest of your life. I understand that. But y'all in your late 30s and 40s now, y'all ain't kids. You don't want nobody to call you sir or ma'am. I know that. I hate to be the one to help you. You are now a sir or ma'am. Huh? So some kid, 12, 13, 14-year-old, looks at you and you're in your 30s and says, "Yes, ma'am, Don't look at that kid and say, "Oh, don't call me, ma'am. I ain't no, ma'am. Because what, what you're doing is coming against what that child was taught. That child was to it ain't well, I start saying it ain't like they think you old, they think you old. You remember how you was? 30 was old, y'all. 30 is a kid now. Some of y'all look at me saying 52. you 52. you still a kid. I receive it. What'd you say? Did you? Are y'all saying yes, sir, to him? Y'all say yes, sir, to him, and I'm yes, ma'am, totally. to her. Are, hey, I want to know, are they they're old? Not, they're are, not old yet. They're not old yet. I think they're old. They're old. Oh, but are you still cool, though? That's the question. The, when you stop being cool, you're old. It is. I tell you right now, I like being old. Because the older you get, you can just say just about anything. People just say, you just got to look faster. And they're just getting old. I, I ain't got to qualify everything anymore. I, I, I now, I just say, well, you know what? You don't like it tough, man. I'm too old to change now. I'm, I'm closing. I, I was in my mind I was going to be thinking I was done by now, but it didn't happen. The discipline that has come into our society for people in governmental positions of authority and people of authority in general is not of God. I'm not talking about injustice. I'm talking about people who are doing what they're supposed to be doing right, should be honored. I don't care what side of the aisle you are on. We are commanded to respect and and honor those who are in authority. That does not mean we have to agree. That does not mean we have to endorse. I might as well just go ahead and finish it off and and just find out who's really part of my church. We'll, We'll see next Sunday, I guess. I'm old enough to remember when George W. Bush was president that people, I remember people saying, he's not my president. I remember when Barack Obama was president, he had a group of people saying, he's not my president. And now I hear people with Donald Trump as president saying, he's not my president. And the truth is, you go all the way back to, to Bill Clinton, you had people saying, He's not my president. Everybody that's ever been a president, just because you don't agree with him, he's still your president. Well, when you say he's your president, that does not mean you like him. That does not mean you agree with him. That does not mean. You like anything about him whatsoever and can't wait for him to be gone. But he is the president. And when when your kids hear you say that, what do you think the next generation is going to look like? What we are experiencing in this country is the result of my generation, not this generation. This generation is simply being what my generation taught them to be or not be. Is this microphone still working? It's about the time that somebody starts interfering with my mic, y'all. So just get ready. I might have to change. I truly do believe that somewhere around this time somebody sends a signal and trying to, big brother's trying to stop me. It's time for a new normal. It's time for us to teach our kids respect. Amen. Well, thank you for the five people that said amen. amen. My last thing is this. And here's a big one that we used to do that we don't do anymore. And that's why the new normals, we got to get back to this. We used to share our faith and win people to Christ. Huh? Now, we're lucky that a Christian goes to church once a week, let alone lets anybody know they work with or go to school with that they're even a believer. I remember when I was a child attending soul winning classes. See, some of y'all don't even know what that means. I remember going through classes as a kid and a teenager teaching you how to witness to somebody, teaching you how to be sensitive to a moment to where God has opened a door for you to stand your faith and lead people in the sinner's prayer. I remember when people in our church that would never grab a microphone, that would never preach the gospel, that would never stand on a stage we're winning more people to Christ than the guest evangelist. So, not for a show of hands here, not to embarrass or beat up anyone, but ask yourself, when is the last time you led someone outside of a church service, if you ever have, in the sinner's prayer to be born again? So I'm thankful that you're on fire for God. I'm thankful that you're faithful to your church. But as your pastor, the new normal is the old. Let me tell you, go back and read the book of Acts. Everywhere they went, they were on an evangelistic mission. Are you hearing me? I'm talking about winning people to Christ was important. But we've lost that in the body of Christ in this modern day. So... Overcome, pray, feel, and remember these words. We've got to go back to some things in this new normal. I remember when, hearing Rod Parsley say this when I was a young preacher in my 20s. And he was quoting his pastor, Dr. Lester Sumrall. He was storming across that platform in Columbus, Ohio. He was in his late 20s, early 30s. Screaming. Thousands of people, and he said, "There is much to be gained to a return to the discarded values of the past." That went in me like a like just something went straight into my heart, stuck into my heart like an arrow. I've never forgotten it. He said, "Never let there be a generation that doesn't understand. There's much to be gained to a return." to the discarded values of the past. Not the discarded laws, not the discarded ways, but the discarded values of the Word of God that we have allowed ourselves to forget. Are y'all with me, church? So how about this? How about the church does, how about the church prays again? How how about the church reads the Bible again? How, How about the church wins people to Christ again. How about the church learns what it means to make disciples of all men? I'm through. Romans 10, verse 13. Let these words sink into you and let them haunt you tonight as a believer. When you lay on your pillow tonight, I pray you remember these words. This is your mandate. Romans chapter 10, which is, of course, the chapter... Verses 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart to God. It's Romans roadmap to salvation. But listen to verse 13. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Save. How many wants to see your, your family saved? Wave your hand and to you see your family. How many wants to see your co-workers saved? How many wants to see this nation saved? Come on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I just set you up. How then shall they call on him? In whom they have not believed. And how shall they believe in him. Of whom they have not heard. Now some of you are going to take this next line. And disqualify yourself. And how shall they hear. Without a preacher. And how shall they preach. Unless they are sent. As it is written. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace who bring glad tidings of good things. It is time for this to be your new normal. It is time for you to see yourself the way God sees you. You are a preacher of the gospel. You may not be a pastor you may not be a prophet. You may not be a, in some type of leadership position on the platform. But Paul said, know you're not that you're all ministers of the gospel. And, and remember, the Great Commission was not just for preachers. It was for all believers. And that Great Commission said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That was for every believer. So here's the reality. I don't know your co-workers. Chances are your co-workers are never going to come to this church and hear me preach. Try as you may. or better will never watch a single video you share with them of my preaching. But they eat break with you. Some of them are your friends. They know you and they're watching you. What do they see? Are you hearing me? It's time for a new normal. It's time for believers to be bold in their faith again. It's time for us to stand up against what the enemy is trying to destroy the church. This is, this is an all-out attack against the church of Jesus Christ. When it's all said and done, when the smoke is cleared, if we're not careful, the, the one entity that is going to receive the, the worst damage, there will be more churches closed down than there will be businesses. There will be many businesses that have already closed down and will not make it. There will be not many that won't come back. Many that will try and they will not be able to survive because of the world in which we live. This is the reality of where we're going. I'm not speaking negative. But I'm telling you right now, churches are closing all over all over the country right now. And here's here's the issue, the problem. is those that are still, quote, unquote, open. And I don't mean that in a bad way. That was not a condescending statement. I was just trying to say that they're still open, but they've not opened their doors. They're, they're just live streaming. And people are plugging in, making comments, giving their giving is is still doing good and all of this, if we're not careful it's going to create a false sense of health that when they finally do, right on cue right on cue, when they do open those doors again, they're going to find a lot of people that they thought was coming back or not coming back we've got to be bold this church has got to be a light in the midst of darkness. We're not greater than anybody else. We don't want to be greater than anybody else. But we got to be strong and know who we are in God. Okay. If you're here today, I want to do something bold. One of the things that we used to do was call people to the altar. A lot of churches have taken the altar out. And they certainly don't call people to the altar. But I want to call anybody to the altar that wants to be saved, wants to rededicate their life to God, or just needs God to just clear their mind of all the crud so that they can think clearly again as that believer. I'm going to call you to come forth and just all the way around. Let's pray. Let's pray. I know what time it is. Come on. We need to worry more about souls than we do about what time it is hallelujah y'all can spread out be comfortable wherever what distance you need anybody else you're here today and you say I need to get some things right with God there's just some issues in my life that keep holding me back some, some temptations some addictions that need to be broken over my life if you're watching online that's you you let us know we want to pray for you you just, you just join us and pray with us is there anybody else that needs to come this is the altar, y'all. This is, where, this is where we bring the sins to the Lord. I know you can do it back there, but when you step out and you come up here, it becomes a moment of boldness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Stretch your hands this way, church. I stretch my hands towards the online. You stretch your hands towards these people up here. Those that are up here, I want you to pray this prayer. God is doing something miraculous right now. Church, help them pray. Online, you pray this prayer with us. Because this is a prayer that changes everything. Jesus, say it with me. Jesus, we believe you are the way. There's no other way. You are the answer to what's going on in my life, my family, and my nation so I call on you Jesus and I ask you to forgive me of every sin I've ever committed I'm coming clean from this day forward no more lies no more pretending I'm all in Jesus I am your child and I'm ready to be a light I'm ready to share my faith help me Jesus I'm ready to be Everything I need to be. In Jesus' name, somebody shout praise God right now. Praise God. Monica, I, I feel, I don't know what's going on. I feel like you need to lay hands on her. Just pray for her. Just go ahead and begin to minister to her. I feel like something is actually happening right now. Praise God. Don't be afraid. Come, there you go. There you go. Don't be afraid. Father, in the name of Jesus, 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 hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I'm just flowing in the Holy Spirit here, just flowing in the Holy Spirit, yeah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Your life, man, you got your, your life is not just worth living, son. You've got great destiny ahead of you. All the thoughts and all the voices that try to speak into your mind about things from your past, it's a lie from the pits of hell. You, you're about to walk into greatness that you never dreamed was even possible for you. There's a call on your life. There's a purity in your heart that I've seen in very few people. Not only is your life worth living, it's a great life. God has forgiven you. You're a man of God. Hallelujah. 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 I need y'all to pray for me. because I'm, I'm walking in some things and saying some things that are, that are not easy to say and I, I'm fully aware of the rep- repercussions that may come from it I need you to help me to just pray for me to cover my mind because I mean this with humility I mean, I mean this truly with humility I'm under the anointing right now actually I could just say this right now the anointing is, is beginning to leave me right now like it was on me a while ago I, I know when it's coming on me and I know when he's, I'm always walking anointing but you know what I'm talking about Austin you could just sort of just feel it sliding down for that moment when I, when I, when I preach like this I'm not, asking, I'm not saying this because I'm, I'm looking for sympathy I'm just wanting my church to know how to pray when I come out from under this anointing I'm telling you, the enemy just attacks a man of God, a woman of God. Their mind makes them second guess. Did I say that right? Did that come out right? I mean, all these. Please let people know I didn't mean that. I didn't mean this. I'm not apologizing for anything I said. I'm I'm just saying this to you. There is a hunger, more than you know, for this. There really is. I'm telling you there are people that don't know this is here they are coming they are coming, and I need you to cover me and pray for your pastor that 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 my that my physical body my mind my family everything would just i would i would do you understand what i'm saying i mean i i don't i don't even know how to say what i'm saying i just i just feel led to call on you and ask you to do that because there has been times that my wife will tell you for for two days after a Sunday I I can't think straight I mean I just sort of the enemy tries to drag me down I'm I'm not going to be there I'm not going there I'm not going to let the devil do that to me but sometimes the Bible said come on, amen, amen the Bible says this and I know it's talking about sickness if you're sick call for the elders of the church but it's not a sickness but it But what he's trying to tell us is sometimes you just need to go before the church. Sometimes you just need to ask the church to cover you and pray. So I'm not asking anybody to come up and pray for me right now. I'm just saying, in your time, pray. God, keep pastor's mind straight so that he can speak and not get caught up in emotion and not get caught up in anything else. Just just help him to give us what you want us to have. I don't want a part of nothing else, okay? You're not going to drag me into nothing else besides that. I'm not I'm not going there. I'm not getting involved in any of that mess, but I am going to say what God wants me to say. Amen. All right.